Hi, and welcome once again to What's the Damage, companion show to the incredibly well-known and popular real play D&D show, Roll for Damage, bringing you only the finest premium role play since earlier this year. We had uh, dueling themes last year, and last, not last year, last week on Friday, uh, what is time, who knows? And those themes were birds, and Quinn's increasingly fast jaunt down the sliding scale of anti-heroes. It's been an interesting ride. Um, the party managed to escape the talons of that one giant eagle thing and make it to the city Lex decreed they go to a mysterious and lawless place, the rest in the shadow of a dead titan. Very cool. Um, they immediately got clocked as tourists and robbed and then almost murdered a teenager. It was fun, it was great, everyone had a good time. Um, we'll be interrogating the characters today and looking inward towards our own crumbling moral compasses regarding the events of last episode, all that happening right now. Um, as always, stick around after the stream for links and resources. Please vote next week if you haven't already and are not prevented from doing so by powers outside of your control, like disenfranchisement, age, or not being American. Uh, rip. <laughs> I'm your host, Truth Benson, and this is What's the Damage. Welcome back. Uh, joining me today, we've got three very exciting guests. We've got the wonderful Serenity, who you all know and love. We've got Khalil, who plays the wonderful Baltaim, our favorite warlock. Um, and then we've got Chad, who plays Quinn, who's been having a time of things. Foul killer. Yeah. He ain't dead. That kid's not dead. Kid's He's not, not dead. dead. So close. Kid's not dead. So close. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> Cool beans. So yeah, we had some drama on the back end of that episode. What's the damage, guys? I don't know what you're talking about. What are you referring to the uh Baltine um um wishing upon a star? Champion? Yeah, wishing upon a star <laughs> with a drama? Yeah, super dramatic. A very, yeah. very dramatic wish, I thought. Uh <laughs> yeah, no, Come I on, did a lot. <laughs> hmm? Go on, explain. All right. Well, explain yourself. I mean, 
Oh my God. Yeah, actually, let's dive right into that. We're going to talk about other stuff, but we got to talk about uh, the thing in the room right away, I think. Yeah, the so, big angry cleric yeah, in the room. Yeah, so <laughs> holy fuck or yeah. unholy, unholy fuck maybe. How is the state of Quinn's immortal soul? Um, Probably not great. He is in a bad place. <laughs> oh, this poor angry man. Yeah, well, see, that's the thing is... He, I don't, and for someone who has a pretty shit temper, I do not think there's a way for him to have ever been angrier in his life than he is at the moment. And he has literally no direction in which to point that anger. So when he saw this kid pickpocket, he bypassed all logical reasoning of, okay, maybe this kid is also a thief, which that's obviously what it was. Mm -hmm. But to him, it's like, you and then just the violence ensued and like it just it just went from there i'm like this this feels wrong but this is the thing he would be doing so i gotta ride this fucking train straight to hell <laughs> i imagine like in quinn's head it just like something just was like just and like this yep. white just like pure uh -huh. white and like red vision just like Mm -hmm. <laughs> just like the first thing you just literally just linebacker is this kid <laughs> yeah no that is exactly what's going on honestly and it's messed up so yeah it was, uh, yeah very close I, I i i will say like as a dm uh for anyone out there this is one of those situations where you kind of have to um not be so like rules adjacent for something I like I could tell if I had this child die like outright die because Quinn had lost his diamonds right they had been stolen as well mm -hmm. um and if I had made this child like a one hit point commoner and it was I, I would I it it wouldn't be fun for the players like I want to give them the ability to have these moments of like story driven understanding for their characters but not to just like ruin a campaign for them because like I could feel that that would be like spiraling down a, a really bad road so he did like knock this kid out and they had to heal him but i was like if i make him have one hit point like it's going to be a really rough road for for a character to come back from um and so i would just say like if you have a situation like that as a dm give yourself a little bit of leeway to like mold the situation as you see fit because um you can kind of tell with your players which direction you want a campaign to go and that's a tough one. Like killing a child is, is really hard. Yeah, turning it's turning hard. your cleric into a child murderer is the best way to make sure that you just don't have a cleric anymore because either or his god is going to get really I mean, mad at him. Been child manslaughter, you know. Go death cleric now. I mean, <laughs> I'd have hey. to find he'd have to find a new deity. He just, but go, I mean, he just go full one eighty. He's like, all right, now I'm, I guess this is what I am now. I just yeah. yeah I have to say I am a fan of negative character development. I think it's interesting, but doesn't always function well within a party, mm. you know? And there can still be yeah. negative character yeah. development. Like this is still negative. He's in trouble with like Peregrine, Oriana, like if Sinric finds his out, actual if, god if, if, uh, he's gonna be in trouble with everyone Campion, else. Yeah, yeah. And, Campion and, finds out. Like they're not just gonna his be happy. Own inner, 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 and yeah, his uh, own inner struggle. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I think he even Quinn knows like yeah, this is that was fucked up. Mm -hmm. Oh no, this, here's wrong. the thing. In like in, in the, the moment, moment Quinn yeah. wasn't yeah. thinking about mm -hmm, anything exactly. other than this person may or may not have wronged me, and I feel the need to inflict immediate 
violence. Yep. And in the moment, he did not think whether or not it was right or wrong. <clears throat> Literally the second after he did it, the back of his mind started kicking the rational brain of, oh, you stupid son of a bitch. Oh, and he an is like well that. aware that what he did is terrible. And mm -hmm. he is, you know, figuring out ways he can make amends for all that. That being said, he's still a stubborn jackass. And if certain members of the party come at him again, he's going to come right back with the same amount of vitriol that they give. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Yeah, it's interesting um, in a city with so much um, going on. Yeah. yeah. You still got to get your stuff back. Yeah, because so, Quinn can't leave town without this shit. So if mm -hmm. it involves him walking street by street, catching locate object every single day in a grid pattern until he finds it, then that's just what happens. And y'all can go on, but he's going to live there for a while. <laughs> Man, imagine. Um, so has Quinn had an alignment shift or are you like right on the cusp? I have not, but the, Melora is not pleased probably. Mm. Uh, to me, I was like outspied, not talking to DM or chat about this. It felt like a like, watch what you're doing. Like, that is exactly what it yeah. was. I, I, yeah. I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, actually yeah. had a conversation yeah. with chat afterwards and I said, you are on the cusp. Like yeah. that, mm -hmm. I was, I was debating. I was like, I was debating, but I said, I think the, the symbol cracking is yeah. a good enough. Kind of, yeah. It was a good yeah. enough understanding of like, watch your step. Like, Hey Cause, bro. Yeah. Cause one time as a character doing something bad or evil at one time as character is like, that's not like the alignment is like something you do over a, like a period a of time. time. It's not yeah. one bad decision. It's yeah. a so doing one thing is like, okay, that was just a mistake. And I felt like that was like, that's a mistake. Understand that that's a mistake. Keep going down this road. It might be a different yeah. thing, yeah. but like, that's not who you are. Yeah. yeah. Like had there been an alignment shift, I would have fought a little bit because that's a sink for a single rash action that didn't actually result in someone's death. I'd, right. I would say like, I mean, okay, I get the, this is the path. Like this is the beginning of a bad path. And if he keeps going, then fuck yeah, let's do this. See where it goes had the kid died then no absolutely that would have been like i would not even quibble one bit of like yeah okay he's he's chaotic what now no it's it's definitely more of just like a hey you you still can make a lot of like just because right. you're walking down a a path with me does not mean you cannot make bad choice you still have free will and your mm -hmm. free will can get you in a lot of trouble and if you make those choices don't expect for me to kind of like stand behind you all the way yeah they don't align with my tenets right right and yeah the thing i'm kind of hoping they'll come out of this is i want for you know character reasons i want for the idiot to get his head out of his ass as far as just you know making rash decisions based entirely on how angry he is and if everything works out with this this might be the thing that does it that being said it also might go very poorly so we'll have to see yay tune back in next week to see what happens yes. um yeah so now let's backtrack a little bit now that we've aired some of the whatever that was so actually, do you want to talk a bit about 
Beltame's like little quiet moment that he had with the star. Like, I feel like we don't, we don't get a lot of the camera focusing too tightly on Beltame. I'm curious I'm just about not, him. You know, I like to share the camera, you know, I'm just not super <laughs> conceited. I just, you know, want to give everyone their time. Yeah. <laughs> That's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, we know. We know. Like brag, my man. Tell us everything. Uh, I mean, yeah. I mean, it just, it just. I don't know. I felt I. That was like I felt like that was like a like a random thing to DM. Just like, oh, this is a random thing to happen. She might have like rolled for. I'm not quite sure. Um, and they're just just like something improvised. I was like, yeah, he like he's like a he's a gambler. He's like a fate like wisher he's like he so he would wish upon a star like that seems in character for him to like just do that and just just felt like something he would do yeah i liked it it's like Willem was like those that make like characters very rich and real seeming right and and also i think i think uh like his that and then uh the like the flower thing getting like the flowers for perry and like that whole thing uh the the previous couple of nights ago Thing is just like just a nice economy of like people like everyone's got like a little bit more high stress and I feel like mm-hmm. one thing is like kind of the like not comic relief because he's like he does he like he does things funny inadvertently mm-hmm. but like he's just very like he's nice mellow right yeah. he's like he's a nice he's like, he's like the caduceus of the group he kind of right. like, just goes with the flow, flow and believes right. like whatever's gonna happen is gonna happen and he can't happen. Yeah. Baldaim is kind of like a walking, talking bong rip, and I mean that right. in the best way. <laughs> right? Yeah. Less. Yeah. Okay. Cool beans. Um, talk to me, you guys, a bit about the giant bird and the like. The final push through the desert before you got to the city. Uh, I was not a fan. That was of the a fun giant bird. bird. I like. I, I was a fan of the giant. I was bird. not I a fan of the bird. giant bird stealing the smaller bird, but other than that, I felt like it went very well. Yeah, I think. I think. That was that so behind the scenes peak. That was not our like initial plan at all. Like that how that worked out. Never is not that yeah, was no. not how we, we like Never we as a party planned in the chat to like how we were gonna handle this. Yeah. Uh but we I were think, gonna go straight shocking on that son of a bitch. And right. We just didn't get the chance. We did, yeah, because it went first, so it just it just fucking dive bombed. So we're like, oh, and like after that, I think we scrambled pretty well though. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. I, I mean, Jake's uh, Oriana's knock was uh, so that's another that thing as a DM. Was like the smartest I idea. I love very creative, like, creative yeah. ways of using spells. And to yeah. me, if you're going to use a spell for that, then I'm of course I'm going to allow it. Like that was, so, that was such clutch. a great clutch moment. And then Campions. also Campion casting sanctuary, sanctuary. on the other birds saved clutch. it. Yeah. And then the cutting words as well. Right. When yes. the, on the attack of opportunity also saved it. So. There were just some really, really good moments of people understanding their characters and understanding the situation that, that they were in and just playing it very, very well. So Yeah, like um, thinking out of the box. Yeah, yeah. it was, it was great. Yeah. Really, really yeah, no, that whole thing was awesome. The only thing I didn't like is we keep losing these damn birds. It's because you're too emotionally attached I, to them. I'm, see, Baltine's not emotionally attached to them. I'm not emotionally attached <laughs> to the things either. I'm not the one. Like, uh... She's like, guys, guys. Stop I just don't birds. want them to keep. Let's I, stop I just make, don't want them to keep. Let them get. Let's, okay, let's try run like... them a week. Let's try run them a week, and then we can name them. After before after before week, nah. Let's mm-hmm. let's give the birds like a, a trial run. 
not gonna work out like that also it was hilarious Oregon just getting like fully rejected by that bird it's like yeah mm-hmm. um <laughs> I, I loved it like oh hello sweet pretty bird fuck yourself you're torture for me <laughs> like honestly the, well, the imagine worst, like, imagine in this in my life. situation <laughs> yeah. right it's it's literally knows fight or flight and survival mode and it's almost died like 40 times like in, within feel, like a few days you know like yeah, it's almost yeah. died like a bunch of times and at I this point, like it's just like, please stop talking to me. The like, worst. I'm just here to get you from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. You're not helping me. You don't care. This <laughs> is like this bird's villain origin story. Like this bird's going to become BBEG, like guys. awakened and become yeah. a villain. Yeah. Chocobo yeah. BBG. I feel like the worst like position to be in D&D is like the friend of Venture X or Venture Party X. Because you're either targeted <laughs> yeah. by villains, used by villains, know. you're like Kill, like charmed, you're just, you're, kidnapped, you're, yeah, you're, tortured. It's not fun. Yeah, not see, fun. that's why D&D needs to have the mechanic of secret identities, you know, yeah. because that's why Spider-Man wears a mask so no one goes and kidnaps Aunt May, even though people keep kidnapping Aunt May all the fucking time. <laughs> I mean, you just, just by accident, they keep kidnapping Aunt May. It's not even on purpose. Like, oh, there's a random old woman. She looks helpless. She'll do. No! <laughs> I feel I like this bird has aged considerably in this like yeah, past this bird is like little white feathers, just yeah. little yeah. pepper. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, but honestly, like I feel like you, Oriana, and Perry put so much effort into comforting this bird. And you're just setting yourselves up for heartbreak. Yeah. See, the thing is, I'm not trying to comfort the bird because of anything other than this bird needs to calm down so this right. bird so can go. be yeah. made to drive cart. As long as the bird is not having a mental breakdown, we're good to go. Now, as far as the other two, makes sense because, you know, Perry's a druid and druids are all up into that crunchy granola nature shit and Noriana then there's oriana with her weird ass bird obsession that's yeah. just, <laughs> she's into birds man she is and we're gonna have to go bird shopping again once we get our money back or you know earn more whichever happens and she needs to not be involved in the selection of birds yeah. we need to find like a bird that will be fair, like she didn't select these less. ones they were just brought to you remember yeah. oh no i know but i feel like it's this is going to be an escalation if she's allowed to participate <laughs> in choosing these birds she's gonna be like, no i want the pretty one i don't like, care nope. i want the one that looks like they've seen some shit yeah. i want the bird with a thousand mile stare that's with what the, i like, want the scars or or the yeah. i want the bird with dead eyes the bird the one that's who's like patches their feathers off of yeah. it like it looks mm-hmm. like it's gone the one that's yeah. like just smoking Smoke, over in a smoking corner, a like, cigarette yeah it's got like a spice collar yeah. Yeah. yeah smoking a cigarette it's got like a fucking like tumbler full of whiskey in the yeah, end just, of its claws like it's a sun war it's a punkerick not a telerick yeah there you go that's the bird I want. I love that. Thank you. Um, maybe we'll see a gang of wild Telerics. They'll just and a murder the party probably for their crimes against Telerik folk. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Imagine I had that happen. Like a wild herd come across a desert Please. and just like overtake the the cart. Oh man! Oh, that'd be so if fun. that's how Oriana dies, I think that would be perfect. <laughs> that like yeah, be- dies by death by Telerik. <laughs> Like, I don't think you can volunteer someone else for death when they're dying. I'm not here. trying to volunteer for. I'm just saying, like, if sure? that happened and we that can. and that ended up being the way it went down, we can that I think would just be just, just I, a perfect irony to make it happen. 
Yeah. Okay. When you volunteer really, someone, making... when you volunteer someone else, it actually counts against you. So you know. Oh, okay. Well, that was Chad, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. Yeah. I'm for it, but I don't have any skin in the race because I don't play in this game. So cool beans. Um, anyway, so Serenity, can you tell us a bit about um just like design the desert environment? Because I don't think we've really gone into the sandy gritty nitty. Pretty nitty nitty. Um, so like obviously there are monsters, but the main struggles have been like the heat and resource management. So can you talk a bit about just like creating this environment and knowing how it would like affect play? Yeah. Um I mean, I have the various parts of the desert kind of like set out for my world, but I also like just know naturally like a a desert situation uh can be pretty um difficult on uh on just like the human body but i would say humanoid body here that is all these races are are humanoid but Mm -hmm. i i think the other thing is is i wanted it to be more like I, i like a little bit of gritty realism in my game i don't like it to be too realistic where it's like yeah you drank this water and you didn't boil it first and now you die and have dysentery you have parasites you're parasites and you're dying you have died of dysentery Um, yeah um, but I do like a little bit of gritty realism of like, yeah, you're not going to be able to wear full plate mail in the fucking desert. It doesn't matter if you've got a covered wagon. Like, that's not how heat stroke works, my friends. Like, it, like, so I wanted it to be realistic. Also, I like I am not a fan. Everyone who plays with me uh, and I think I've said this before, I fucking hate combat. Like, it just takes up so much time. I love driving a story. And if combat doesn't really drive the story in some way, I don't enjoy it at all um so it has to make for like really interesting moments uh so one of the things like Khalil was just saying like oh I think like Serenity rolled for it no I don't roll for anything I just make it up on the fly on the fly if it will fit the story and so like that that rock uh coming down was just like yeah they'll they're gonna hunt in this area and if they go towards this place um it would be an interesting sort of uh challenge because I didn't expect them to have to fight I knew they weren't going to fight outright fight this thing. Like that just wasn't going to work out in their favor if they did. Nope. Um, uh, but I was I like, would've. let's see them use <laughs> their, level, let's I see them use the environment and their own abilities and see what they can come up with. And I like those kinds of things. So that's why I give like mm-hmm. skill challenges or I just have general thoughts around like, okay, are, are you packing enough water and food for the trip? And are you tracking that kind of stuff? I generally don't track like rations most of the time, but I figured for yeah. this environment, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, and so I like to have that because it, it makes it seem like there is still a, a clock on the players in terms of, or on the group in terms of what are you, are you conserving? And if you're not, how are you keeping yourselves like afloat in this, uh, in this environment? And then when you get to the next town, are you thinking about like restocking and, and doing that kind of stuff? So it's more just mm-hmm. creating an environment that you know is not conducive to like society and to like normal travel and it's not comfortable um and it's a generally like this it's called the cursed wasteland for the for a reason and i wanted it to feel like this is a cursed place it is not fun being here this is people don't live out here this is why and hopefully the players have understood this is why it's a bad place to live it's a hostile environment yeah Yeah, it sucks yeah yeah. (laughs) we will not be vacationing here again this sure the curse of wasteland will be getting a bad. The Rift of Mars, though, 
Swiftmark's pretty cool. dope. Kinda the Cursed Wasteland, though, bad not Yelp lit. review. No. No. TripAdvisor <laughs> is going to hear from us. Yeah. One star. out of five stumps. Would not recommend. No. Awesome. Um, yeah, so you did make it through and did get eaten by a bird. You ended up in a cool little town. Um, I assume well, Quinn doesn't... <laughs> cool little quaint town full of friendly faces and nice establishments where you can relax um yeah so i assume quinn doesn't have a lot of experience with like this kind of or any kind of place outside of home and what you've um, experienced so far yep. um but i think i baltheim has traveled a bit right does he have any kind of experience with the sort of like more frontier lawless town like this one i mean he lives across the way from Dash and mm -hmm. like has heard about Dash. Um, he also kind of lived on the streets a little bit as a kid. Um, never been like Dobby or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, more like like beggar orphan type of thing. Um, so he's like aware like there are shady people. There are people that try to steal things. People that will like, like try to pull one over on you. Um, and I think it's he like he understands like this is like he understands like what this would be like how like oh mm -hmm. he can he can kind of make make a front a little bit uh he's not like super intelligent or like perceptive so he might not understand it like while it's going on but he can like he understands the concept of what the front is like he know, has some street smarts right he has some street smarts he's just not he is just not um he's not as shrewd as say like a dobby mm -hmm. uh would be as to like like no, fuck you! Like get like, back the fuck away! Damn, you know? yeah. yeah. Oh, Dobby, he would have been right at home. Right I think the other thing for Baltime is he's never been about money or like value. Right. Mm -hmm. really. So um, yeah, even being stolen from is not like unless care. he needs that need it for something specifically that is something different. He wouldn't mm -hmm. like literally like if he got robbed. I have one gold because I don't use. I spend my money either to give to people or for whatever. And if mm -hmm. I had more. He probably would be like, oh, I guess I can make more. Like, eh, money. Yeah, he's like, okay. He's more goals oriented. Yeah. He understands, like, oh, like, Quinn needs money, or like, well, so and so needs money. Quinn needs, like, people need possessions. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. You need possessions. And I understand you, like, being, getting your possessions. So he, like, wouldn't be, like, cool if, like, oh, no, you're stealing diamonds from Quinn. No. Fuck you, give me those back. Like, he needs these. We need those for reasons. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We need those to make sure people don't die. Hey, might be you. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool beans. <clears throat> Sorry. So, Serenity, I think you you did mention on stream that this was not exactly how you expected things to go. So, what did you expect the party to do with the whole pickpocket thread? Yeah. So I I, I was like, okay, the way that this is going, depending on, first of all, one, I didn't even know if that event was going to go off. I, mm -hmm. I, I had warned them like four times how bad the city was. And literally they all walked into the crowd and not a single one of them until after I had the perception check happen was like, I hold on to my bag or like, Baltaim was, was like, like I'm right watching Oriana, right but it was like, yeah, right it was like just said, I was like, but you were already in the crowd yeah. and, and he's, yeah. he's like the worst perceptive of all of the people. Yeah, so I was like, yeah. I was like, okay. 
Um, but but not a single one of them were like I I shove my pouch like into my or I keep my hand on it. So they're like so I was like okay this is the perfect opportunity. So that was the first thing. I wasn't even sure if that was going to happen, but I was like yeah. okay if this happens, I have to have a way for the group to not just be floundering mm-hmm. out of nowhere. So the first thing I did was I ha- I rolled for the the people who were actually stealing. And uh, that was even before the stream. I just, I did a roll for myself and I was like, here's the number. Here's what they have to beat perception wise to know that there is, that that something was stolen on top, like that's happening at the time that it's happening. None of them beat that, unfortunately. Um, uh, you know, it's a sleight of hand. It's like, it was like a plus 10 or plus 12 or something like that sleight of hand. So uh, really hard to see. Um, the Dobby got the insight. So he knew that mm-hmm. that whole situation. Oh, sorry. Yes, Campion. Campion. Um, uh, campion got that yeah campion got the insight so he knew that there was like an illusory front going on with Effects, all this yeah. stuff um and that's when he checked his his bag uh but the the pickpocket i thought okay they're gonna come out and they're gonna see someone uh and i made it a child because i was like if i make it an adult they're gonna go for this per- like they're 100 gonna go for an adult because it's like an adult and they're they're in a shitty place and they're probably going to beat the shit out of this person and the, the scene's going to be like weird. So I was like, I'm going to make it a young kid um, because the chances are is they ca- catch this kid and they intimidate the shit out of him, but they don't really harm him in any way. Um, mm-hmm. nope. And then he gives them the information uh, and maybe offers to show them where they need to go. Um, Little did yeah. you know. That's uh, how it worked. I <laughs> had them go into the alley <laughs> and I literally had him stop because he's like counting the few coins that he got from this merchant that he stole from. And Quinn just linebackers him. And I was like, and that was at the moment where I had to say, okay, I'm not making him a commoner with one HP anymore because that's mm-hmm. originally what he was going to be. And then I was like, okay, how's the scene going to play out depending on what goes on? And then on top of it, Oriana held person the kid. So the kid got critted. Like thankfully it's a it's a unarmed strike so it only doubles like the one damage mm-hmm. but it's still like a like in that moment it's a frozen child that just gets hit with like 400 pounds of steel and flesh of of like linebacker sized mm-hmm. dude and just crack into the pavement so he was out cold for a second uh bleeding and then Oriana healing worded him but at that point he was just ter- like, he didn't even know what to do. He was just like, I mm-hmm. think I'm going to die. It doesn't matter what I tell you at this point. I, I'm Any information I give you, it doesn't matter. You're just going to kill me. And that's where the kid's mind was at that point. Um, that makes he didn't, sense. He didn't really even have a chance. Like, it's not like Quinn picked him up and held him against the wall and said, you better tell me or else. It was, you're already dead. We just brought you back basically from almost dying. And now the kid's like, I don't know what to do here. And that's why I, at the very, very end, I had him give them few tidbits before he mm-hmm. ran away but yeah it was it was a scene and you're like I they was, need this plot somehow it yeah. was a scene i wasn't expecting and then at the same time when that scene was happening i was like well that kind of went to shit so i had to give uh campion and and um and baltaim something because i was like well they also kind of have to have an understanding of what's going on here and right. maybe figure out some threads that they could potentially pull on to get what they need we um, haven't had the chance to fuck up yet. So you're like, well, let's see how they fuck up. First. Yeah, and so, I mean, like, less that, but it's like more, this, yeah, this I, again, I, I, I don't do yet. things and then give my players no way of, right. like, <laughs> figuring something out. And so, and so seeing that that just went really 
not the way that I was expecting. I was like, okay, I'll give the other side of the group do it. They were doing something very smart. Like they were, they were casing the situation. And I, and like I said, I'd like to reward that play. So I was like, okay, you're going to learn something, whether they're on the right track or not. That's right. a completely different story, but they mm -hmm. have something that they can at least start pulling like some threads that they can start. They'll end up somewhere. Yeah. And that's all that matters in D and D that you end up somewhere. Exactly. It's true. May not be the right place. <laughs> cool beans. Um, okay, remind me, I've talked to both you, Chad, and you, Khalil, since the boss battle, right? Have I? Which I boss battle? No. Have I not talked to either of you? Chad, you've talked no to idea. since the since the demon. Chad, I talked to. Cleo. Oh, okay. OK, cool beans. <clears throat> so not specific to this episode, but I love, since we've um, finished up the first arc of the campaign, I'd love you to speak a little bit about um, Baltaim's character arc, like as we move into what's going to happen next. Oh, man. Like this, like his, like, from from the start of the stream. His to development, like, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, I think this might sound. I, I don't think Baltimore's changed that much. I think Baltimore's yeah. been pretty static. I would say he's been. I think I don't think that's a bad thing either because I think mm -hmm. some people have definitely like moved around, and I think uh, some people like sometimes they're like in character like the stories you want someone that's like a a constant, so people have variables to like bounce around. Um, I think he is, I mean, from the start, he's like, he was trusting of most people. Uh, he uh, was, you know, easygoing. Um, I think he, I guess, I, I think of something he might have gotten like a little bit tad more serious now with uh, Dobby dying and the chain, like actually breaking mm -hmm. and um, like understanding like, okay, this is like, he understood like, this is like, we're doing this, but he's like, he can see like there's consequences. He can see the death toll like of Terry's people. He's like his his friend has died in front of him, um, and he's buried him. Um, I think he he is understanding of uh, like the consequences of this. I don't but I don't think he's like I don't think his attitude has changed. Like I think his mm -hmm. way about going things hasn't changed. I think he just understands there's a, a like a there is, there is a, yeah. like, no, a, I, get you. I get what you're saying. Get what there's you're consequences saying. to this. Yeah. So like, he's, he's remaining steady as a person, steady in his values and personality and who right. he is, but he feels like the weight of right. what he's doing, what, and what you're all doing. Cause I think, cause I think it's his, his, cause his goals were always a little bit more selfish mm -hmm. cause they're towards him anyway. Uh, by now I think he thinks he understands like, oh yeah. This is, there are other things going on too. And I can't, like, I actually just can't not deal with them. Like, if I don't yeah. deal with them, then there's going to be things way worse happening. Yeah, because this is like huge world ending stuff. Right. And so I think he, he understands that. Um, but he, you know, he, you know, he's, he's chaotic neutral. So he sometimes doesn't handle that the best way. Sometimes he just gets high. <laughs> Drugs. Hey, um, sometimes he eats vomit high. flowers. Yeah, sometimes he eats. Yeah. Well, that flower touched me. He, that yeah, flower he, touched me. Yeah. I know, but I'm just saying. Like sometimes he does other things. Yeah, and then something you know. Okay. But sometimes he he understands. Like okay, we we're going to kill like a hag. We're we're doing this. Like let's get, get down done. to business. But... Awesome. Awesome. 
Okay, cool. Um, so now we're going to move on to our topic for the day, which is balance, uh, which is one of the things that I personally think is super hard. It's definitely something I had a bit of trouble with as a DM. Um, and I think a good place to start is um, we're going to like talk about balance both in both in terms of combat, which is where the term usually gets used, and in terms of like other aspects of D&D, &D, which I think is something that's not uh, explored as much, but we're going to start with combat because uh, it's hard. <laughs> so let's let's start with what is a balanced combat exactly? I've heard it say that a well-balanced battle will make the party feel like they're about to PK, but leave them alive usually. Do you agree with that? Or is that your idea of what balance is? Mm. A different concept? <laughs> I think something a little a little ways back from that because the party shouldn't feel like they could all die if they should they should feel like they will all die if they fuck up royally but they i feel like a balanced encounter should just feel like this is challenging and this is something that will make you think and make you examine how you're going to try and take this thing apart you know and mm -hmm. not something where the second that you see the monster, like, oh shit, well, we're all gonna fucking die. Uh, I, I mean, a balanced combat is depends because if you're trying to have a combat before using resources, it might be an easy combat. They might, might go through it pretty easily, but you might have your wizard cast three spells, your bard use their bard inspiration, so and so and so and so. That may have been easy, but if you have like two more combats and like one more is also easy, but it's also to use resources and your boss battle is to be like difficult, that's what I think like depends. Cause sometimes, you know, you can have like one combat and it can be TPK kind of, but like mm -hmm. if you, if they're going in with like all their stuff, then most times, unless you're like just fucking your character, your players over with like some fucking high CR creature, they're gonna have all their stuff and they're most likely not gonna die. So I think balance is kind of, it's less about the CR because I think CR is kind of bullshit. It's more about like how do understand you, CR, man. You understand you get the resource management down or up to wherever you think a good fight will make it so that they're feeling like oh, I don't have a lot because I fucking thunder blasted that goo back <laughs> two rooms ago. So that's why I think. But. Yeah, I agree with Kalia. I think it depends on the situation. Um, mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, I mean, obviously you, you, you make combat for what you think your players can deal with. But for me, I... I don't like combat that is dependent on a roll of the dice so much. Um, like there, are, there's an element of like luck and and yes. what the dice are going to do for you in D and D. Like that's always going to be the case. But I don't want the players winning or losing based on whether the boss fails a wisdom save on that one spell, and then if they don't that's like it's a, like a win or lose situation um i do like making combats that are like tailored to the players uh the, the characters that they've made i generally try to find things that are that can be affected 
by the multitude of classes that the players have chosen to make and their, their specialties. Um, and I like making them kind of think about resource management, but also like what, what are they going to use in this moment? Um, and one of the things that like th that these guys have been learning is like running at a problem and just firing off your like third level spells and doing a bunch of damage is not necessarily always the right way. Like sometimes these guys are meaty and like your third level spell. Yeah, great. You did a whole bunch of damage to them and now they're going to damage you right back with four attacks. So like, is that the, is that the best use of your resources? Do you want to just run in and strike or do you want to use some strategy around placement? You know, do you want to set up the battlefield a little bit better? Do you want to use tactics? Do you want to try and let a couple of people sneak in first and spread out? Like, how do you want to deal with this? And that's kind of how I like to make combat. Because I also like running, like, I run dumb beast enemies sometimes. Mm -hmm. And those are mostly, like, the non-boss stuff. But for bosses, I like to make, like, really intelligent foes. And so they're not just going to go rushing at six people and be like, okay, I'm just going to strike you all and jump into you as a group. They're going to be smart about it and be like, okay, I'm going to like split you up or I'm going to get corral you into one zone and like fireball you or something like that. And I, and I think, um, and I think making the players also think in that way and forcing them to kind of use their brains rather than just like, I'm a super powerful wizard disintegrate. Okay. Battle's over. <laughs> It's not fun to me. That's not challenging. And that doesn't really allow them to use their full range of abilities. And also it doesn't force them to like think about what spells they should take for, you know, delving into this next dungeon and stuff like that. So, so yeah, I think balance is like getting the players to really understand their characters, to be honest, that's, that's balance for me. And like a perfect example of that was like, like the, that ruins of like darkness, mm -hmm. uh, little, um, dungeon crawl. We had like the goose and the like the the gelatin cube, and then the boss. Mm -hmm. uh, I think I think, and this might be partially my fault too, because I think um, just because how I play warlocks, um, because I will burn my spells because I'm a warlock. I'll most likely will rest some point between getting to a boss because you're not gonna make it through a dungeon crawl without at least rest, short resting at least once. Mm -hmm. So I'll burn my spells when I feel like, oh yeah, sure, fuck it. And I feel like that just kind of like I'll do some big spell, and I think some of the other players will just like, oh yeah, let's just fucking use a big spell, <laughs> and then like they'll just fucking cast something. I'm like, wait, but you don't get a you can't. Spells. You're not responsible for other players. Uh, yeah, I know, but I just feel like fun. I'll do some like thunder step, and they're like, yeah, fuck I want to thunder step. That sounds <laughs> fun. I also Fireball. want to thunder step. <laughs> I'm like, wait, no, don't do that. Save your stuff. No, it's just for me. I, I have different spells than you. Um, <laughs> Awesome. I think that's actually a really interesting way to define balance, Randy. Um, if you could draw back like the DM screen a little bit, could you give us some examples of like how you've tailored some of the combats we see in the past to the characters? Like what specifically? Yeah, I mean, the like the the ruins were a good one. Uh, it was like their first real major dungeon crawl, and I and I wanted to see how they could go about it like the oozes were one where they literally like ran in they were like mm -hmm. shit and then and then they kind of lost it a little bit and they were like we got to run away and they started like running around the room to try and like fight well these things are like coming at them these things are super unintelligent um they're just looking to like latch onto something and eat it um and and their plan was we'll get down the next hallway 
and like and like run into the next room and hopefully they won't follow us and i was just thinking like thank god i didn't have a hallway there because if i did they would have run right into the gelatinous cube and then been pincered on both sides and then even if they had taken out the gelatinous cube in a couple of hits or whatever they would have run into the madness and a couple of them would have been incapacitated for 10 minutes so and then they'd have oozes and stuff coming at them, uh, you know, like and so and so this is like forces players to kind of think the, like that fight was meant to tailor uh, like that was actually perfect for Sinric because he has Sentinel and the Polar Master. So what I thought they would do is uh, uh, funnel back into the hallway that they came from. It was only large enough for one ooze to get oh, in at a time. Sinric to, to use his, yeah, Sinric to use his Polar Master to stop them. And they wouldn't have been able to move forward. And then the spell casters to spell blast them a few times through the round before it came back around to Sinric's turn again. And by that time, one ooze would be gone. And then the next one would start to walk up again and Sinric would do the same thing. And it would have been like this bottleneck of, of killing them. Um, and so the, I try to tailor stuff uh, to, in, in that re regard. Um, the, the boss was also one where... Uh, it was meant to see like what spells. I honestly thought Perry was going to cast uh, Conjure Animals to just give the boss, like even if they were like CR one fourth creatures, mm -hmm. like eight wolves, he's got to waste three attacks a turn to just get rid of the wolves. And there is always the chance that he nat ones on an attack and wastes every turn counts. Right? Yeah. So uh, there, there are opportunities for all of them to kind of like use their abilities to kind of figure out how to play the battlefield to, to their advantage. Um, the rock was another one where I knew what spells each of them had chosen for the day and I knew what they had. And I was like, there are multiple ways that they could actually make this work. Um, and so I try to do that to force the players to kind of think about like, what do I actually have beyond just like my sacred flame or my spiritual weapon or my guiding bolt or my, you know, thorn whip or my dissonant whispers that like always hurts bosses and things like that. What mm -hmm. other inventive ways can I uh, be utility as a, as a character? Uh, and I like forcing them to kind of like think about their characters in that way uh, rather than just like rushing at something. I know Sinric, unfortunately, is in the, the position of the barb, um, so he doesn't get as many opportunities. He's, he is about attacking, but I do try mm -hmm. to also give him opportunities to kind of like, like I said, like bottleneck and, and things like that and use his abilities yeah. to like protect the party. Oh, Mr. Yo-Yo, we love him. Um... Cool. Uh, so to what degree would you all say that balance is kind of kind of um, a matter of player and DM preference? Because like it sort of depends on what kind of game you're playing, because like not everyone's some people are going to want like really intense battles all the time, especially if you're doing more of a dungeon crawl type campaign. Some people are more focused on, um, on role play and puzzles and things like that. Like uh, like for this campaign and some do a mix, like to what degree is this a malleable concept? I mean, I think it has to be at, I would say like at like a basic level, you know, in general, because like there's just some things that you can't be like, like, like there, like a boss battle has to be challenging or it wouldn't mm -hmm. be a boss battle. You know what I mean? Like it'd just be like another combat. Like if they're like, if you're like BBEG at the end of the game, just like your level Rolls 12 over and dies. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, well, I mean like everyone could die. That's like, but like, that's like, this is the end of the game. Like it should be the stakes of you could die or like you could win. But if you're like your like level twenty boss battle is like your level twelve like mid card guy like that like just 
stole the like jewels from a bank. Like it's like it's not like that same fulfillment type of thing. Like it's gotta be at some like at some point, no matter like who it is, it's gotta be it's there's gotta be like a certain like difficulty or balance to something. But it should depend on like who you are like for like letter things. It should depend on who like you're playing with because like some like you know if I had Serenity in my like um like in my my game and like mm-hmm. other people that didn't like combat like that they're just like combat for no reason like there's sometimes that there are just there's just combat for like if you're on a tr- road there's sometimes advantage just like rob you for no reason so like i wouldn't want to draw that out and like make it like you're about to tpk at level six because some bandits they're like fucking like magical swords and stuff and like they like just like they're just, they're just op they're for no really reason really strong like, bandits they're really yeah, strong bandits man yeah the, the, the bandits they're bandits so like they it might be two rounds and you're done and like you're like okay we kill bandits and like we're done we're done with this and you can move on to something like story based so like it, it is a little bit malleable but some things like have to be more challenging for sure because mm-hmm. they just have to be yeah, the bandits should not be the D&D power equivalent of anime gang members. Right, the ones yeah. who all have, like, everyone has weird different hair and weird different outfits. There's no, like, uniform. Like super they all have, literally name each one. They have, like, an yeah. actual yeah. name. They're not unnamed NPC. They're, like... Yeah, exactly. I mean, but also, um, the whenever, um, Also, whenever, um, whenever you said that the bbeg would be just a guy who stole jewels from a bank i cannot get out of my head a picture of a guy wearing a <laughs> black and white striped shirt with the domino mask tied around carrying yeah, a bag with a dollar it. sign it's on the, it and a bunch of adventurers come on this guy in a jun- dungeon he's like she's it the fuzz and just starts running away. the hamburglar oh yeah. the bbg is a hamburger i'd be really i'd be very into that personally you know what i wouldn't mind it oh. McDonald's based he's game. secretly like a level 18 wizard yeah oh he's actually a lich that's he makes burgers disappear underneath that hat he's a lich i yeah. think you need a to lich. i think you balance things based on your players though like yeah. and like mm-hmm. balance doesn't necessarily mean like scales of fairness necessarily mm-hmm. like there are battles that these guys could potentially find themselves in that are very one-sided both on their side where they could just steamroll over it um depending with a child like with a child or or against someone that they really didn't expect to be all powerful and they make the wrong move or say the wrong thing and and they they find that out um (laughs) you know uh so i i think i think it's dependent on it's something to talk with your players about and understand Mm -hmm. like what they're looking for in a game um some people are like super hardcore raw like D&D is about like dungeon delving and combat and I want to feel like I have to be really smart about every combat and conserve my stuff and I'm only going to get like one short rest you know in between or I might have to take three short rests this whole time so I got to conserve like what hit dice I even use and where I position my like some people love that and that's where their brain is um and other people are like well combat makes sense but it only make it makes sense like I want to know that this combat ties somewhere else into the story mm-hmm. or it, it has some purpose other than just for me to like run into something and waste two hours going turn by turn for six players stabbing a spider or something yeah, yeah yeah and then and then it's all done um so I think it really depends on who you're playing with and what they're looking for and um and then just the gravity of a situation and and making and and understanding like where the players are and what they're doing. 
Um, and just not being like every battle has to like waste all their resources or every mm -hmm. battle has to feel like a boss battle. It's not how it should be. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think it does like tie into play style, which was one of our old topics. Uh, check out the archives on YouTube if you haven't seen that one. Um, Episode seven. Was it? Do you know no. Okay, it might, it might have I been. That. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, if we want to know, I can find out. But <laughs> I mean, I I literally have the dog open right now. I can look, but I'm not going to. I can respect that choice. Um, cool beans. So... I think to some to some degree balance is kind of a guesstimate on the part of the DM. Um, like you learn you learn to get a feel for your players, what they can handle, what you think they should be able to handle. Um, but if you're like new to designing encounters, are there any like steps you can take to sort of like to balance something before you've learned to instinctually be able to balance things is my question, I guess. I mean, CR does help you, like, and mm -hmm. and that it gives you, it does, it does help you. <laughs> I just hate CR. It's a good jumping I, off point. So I use it ever, for every battle I create for you, I use it as like my starting point of like, okay, what do I want to do and how hard of this encounter do I want it to be and then I use my like knowledge of like how many magic weapons I've given you all and like what things you have and then I like either up it or lower it depending but I think that does help I think the other thing for people to know is like even if you make a really unbalanced encounter you're the dm like you can you scale can it you can on in the yeah, you can fudge but also in the moment you can scale a creature back you can lessen its hp you can lessen its to hit or its dc for its abilities or the damage that it deals so like even if you accidentally feel like oh shit like the first hit like half the party's hp and they're gonna die uh and this is like a a fight on the road where they run into like a gorgon or something like that and it's like i wasn't expecting this um you can take that moment to like just to rebalance things in the midst of it you have that ability as a dm and so it's your story to tell and it's up to you on how you want to play that moment and and mm -hmm. what stakes you want to make that encounter have um and so uh and so i would just say like that's the fun of D&D is like you can kind of mold it to your will a little bit as a DM uh, and and uh, and give your players a chance to sort of get out of a sticky situation if they find themselves in one. Yeah, luckily the DM screen is opaque, so no one will ever know if mm -hmm. you're just like, oh, actually this, um, this werewolf has half the hit points that I originally thought I did. That's cool. That's fine. <laughs> Go yeah. guys, have fun. You're so tough. You're so good. You're doing such a good job. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So let's take some time to talk about balance in terms of not combat. So like balance in terms of the kinds of encounters your players come up against environments, puzzles, mysteries, um, even RP encounters can like, they all add up to a campaign. So how do you like make those kinds of things fun and engaging? Because I think that's another aspect of balance. Like one that doesn't get talked about about quite as much because it's less mechanical mm -hmm. but i feel that that type of balance is way more easier like <laughs> yeah because that's just all like preference well, at the table well, you know, okay like, who, yeah because well, like for like a rp or like a puzzle balance like or like a mystery balance like you just add more pieces or like people that will give you clues to either skew or help like you can like you can determine it because it's just like you can just like improv joe on the street like 
Oh yeah, I did see a robber going down the left path, like left street, like and in, into that. Like, but like in combat, you're like, mm-hmm. you're like, it, oh, this monster is actually OP. <laughs> like, yeah, like, yeah, you can't scale it down, but it's like, oh well, the not. It's like, a little, it's a little harder to on the spot, right? Something like combat where it's a structured thing of yeah. first this, then this, then this, then this, then this. Meanwhile, if you're just doing complete free form, you know, like, RP improv. time, yeah. then all of a sudden, oh yeah, no. I saw him. He went that way, you know. Or you might like, oh well, this this is the room of robber. He probably might have like a secret compartment somewhere in his room. If someone rolls high on a perception check, I would have been planning for, but he might have left a note or dropped a note when he left or some blah 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 mm-hmm. um, type of thing, you know. Yeah, and are this also there are some things where like for and this is just for me sometimes it works best for me personally whenever i'm trying to figure out what exactly to do with a group if they're going into a certain setting if there's nothing that i need to happen there i just have a loose idea of what i would like them to accomplish or get like the i did a thing literally on monday where the party went to a burned out mansion in a game i run for actually two of these people I had literally nothing planned. I made it all up as I went. Every single thing that happened, I made up off the top of my head because I didn't know where you were gonna go. I didn't know what you were gonna look for. I didn't know anything about how you're going to try to tackle this thing. I had like, I had a couple things that I wanted you to find in general, like a bit of information. But other than that, everything else was like, fuck it. I want to see what happens. I'm going to reward good decisions and I'm going to punish bad decisions, like trying to cartwheel downstairs without seeing if they're trapped. And then, spoilers, Glyph of Warning, able to Google really fast. And like, like, for, like for puzzles, like, like I think I was on the puzzle episode for what's damage. Check that out on our Twitch. Um, and uh, Or YouTube think, or the podcast. I think it's, it's on YouTube now. I think it's too old to be on Twitch. And I think I said on that one that I usually make a puzzle and then I figure out how I would like solve it. And right, then, you're like, saying you let the players make it. But if them. they make a like idea that I'm like, oh, I didn't think about that, but that would solve, like it's basically the same like solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's like, yeah, that would work, sure. And it's like, it's not, it's balancing because it's not like you have to do this, this and this. You can do this, skip that part, do this and then still get the puzzle, right? Because you just thought of a different way to do it. Which yeah. is like, oh yeah, yeah. sure. So I, yeah, I oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Trish. No, I was gonna say um, real quick. Uh, that is a fun bit of cheating that you can do as a DM if you know you have a creative party. You can just make up a puzzle and not have a solution, and then be like, "Yeah, you yeah, figured it is... out." When they come with something cool. <laughs> so I was just gonna well, say, I, <laughs> I I actually disagree with balancing RP is easier than uh, than than counters. Um, for me. I have six people at a table and I need to make sure that every single one of them has a moment in a game. Um, And I need to make sure that they each feel like they are an integral part of that world. And if I focus too much on someone's story at a specific time, or if I don't give a person their sort of moment of, of, uh, you know, being able to understand why their character is a part of this group, other than to mm-hmm. just be the cleric or to just be the druid or to just be the barbarian. Um, what's their, what's the point of them being there? If they're, if they have nothing to act on, 
um, to me, I, I, I wouldn't want to play at a table where I'm just like sitting there for three hours and then combat happens and I'm like, okay, I roll my dice twice and I hit. Okay, that's fun. Um, and so I find it very difficult to make sure that I'm spotlighting each person uh, equivalently. And obviously that doesn't happen every session, but I have to make sure that for the next four sessions, it's not the Quinn show. I have to make sure that for, you know, like, like that when they went to the Soak Oshadin, it wasn't just all about Peregrine and no one else mattered. Um, and so yeah, I think like you slipped in a little thing with Sinric. Exactly. There has yeah. to be, there have to be moments for the other characters to shine um, and to feel like they are tied in. And it's especially hard with like quieter uh, players like Tick. He is much quieter and he kind of engages when he's, uh, when he's engaged with. And, and otherwise he kind of like takes more of a back seat. And so, and that's mm. just the style of player he is. And I, 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 I think of this akin to management. You have to change your, I'm a manager. So you have to change your management style in accordance with the communication style of, of the people that work with you and that are a part of your team. And so mm. I have to do the same thing with my players. And I find that quite difficult because I, I try to make sure that everyone feels epic and feels like they're having a good time at the table. Yeah, yeah, and that's true because it can be difficult to yeah. make sure and that's that a very difficult balance between act. characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. that part, yes, that can be difficult because if you, because I'm guilty of accidentally hyper focusing on specific characters and specific aspects of their story just because it was something that needed to be dealt with and that was right. done just sort of like to the detriment of others when I was trying to run some things here and there. So it's right. hard to make sure you don't do that. Yeah, just but I to, think. You know, and forget to you can like you can still kind of do that still too um um like i think like you can have like whoever like like if you see someone not interacting as much maybe they're just a little out like 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 take you like kind of have that person mm -hmm. interact with like well like you know i talk, start talking to them and start telling them things or start so and so and so and so so like yeah you, like yeah i understand what you're saying but like you like it's you can you can you can do it Trying to like try to fix that too in that spot too. Yeah, I agree. It's just I find it's it's a difficult right. act to balance, especially yeah. with six players at a table. Like the, right. the larger yeah. the larger your group gets, the harder right. it gets, right? Because if your session's right. only four hours, and if combat takes up an hour and a half of that, right. mm -hmm. you know, like so yeah. it's it's trying to just work that in and make sure everyone feels like they have a moment where yeah. they definitely more manageable with a smaller group. That's yeah. true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's a really interesting, great point because, you know, with D&D, you have a party of equal protagonists. Like, every character needs to feel like they've got their own stuff going on, but they've also got stuff with the group going on. They all need to be special and badass. So it really is, um, it is hard to manage that and to make sure every player feels like they've got cool stuff going on, um, both individually and together. So I think that's a really great point. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, and it's also like one of the aspects of balance, which doesn't get talked about very often because like, you know, I think a lot of people do have the impression that RP is easier than other aspects of D&D, um, of &D, but that's not necessarily true. Anyway, uh, we are out of time. So we're gonna end on uh, that philosophical note. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you to the viewers. Um, there's no, there's no, what's the damage next week? Because it is election day. Pray for us. Oh, pray for us. Please. Four sinners. Um, 
Yeah, so I'll be drinking heavily and won't be in any fit state to run a show. I uh, don't know what everyone else is doing, but I assume something more or less the same. We well, I'm Canadian. She's Canadian, she's, so she's she I will gets... actually probably be really paying attention to the election too, because yeah. it does affect Canada. So <laughs> it affects everybody. Um, sorry, no. but yeah, yeah. Um, we will be having a roll for damage on Friday, but then no show on on the next Tuesday after that. Okay. Um, anyway, good night. Thank you guys for watching. We love you. Check out our store. Check out our YouTube. Check out our Twitch. Check out uh, I don't know Serenity's Twitter. Podcast. She has podcast. Um, Podcast. There you go. I work hard on that, kind of. I don't really. No, he, he works hard. He works very hard. <laughs> um, Chad is our oh, Twitter person, so give him big props. Twitter person. I am yeah. several things. We should pay him more than Trident Layers, but that's all we have in the budget. <laughs> Claps for Chad. Um, yeah, and get hyped for Halloween. We are having our special Halloween episode um, running on the 31st. And yeah, I think that's all of our news. Good night, guys. Good luck, Americans. Yes. See you. Yeah. Vote if you can. See you after the, the election. Polls. Make Please a choice. vote.